morning and welcome to People's Church today. We are delighted to have so many people here today. If it's your first time here, um, I encourage you to take a moment to stop at our one of the desks, either on the upper or lower levels, and um, fill out a form so that we can get some information on you and get, con- get help get you connected to our community. If you've been coming here for a long time, I encourage you to introduce yourself to someone that you don't know um, and have a conversation with them, or if you've only been coming here a few weeks. The best way to to make connections in this community is to get to know each other. People's Church is a Unitarian Universalist congregation, and we seek wisdom and inspiration from all of the major world's religions, science, and nature, and many other sources. Today's service is a little bit different than our traditional services. It's an intergenerational service, which means that all ages will remain in the service throughout the whole time. If any of the older folks get a little wiggly, we have some coloring for you. If the younger kids get a little wiggly, we hope you'll be patient with the older folks if they're wiggly. Um, But sometimes wiggles just need to come out. So part of being an inclusive community is that we're a little bit tolerant of all of our different beliefs and our different abilities to hold still and be quiet um, in different settings, because it gives us the opportunity to worship together as a whole community, and I think that is quite a gift. Um, We do have some coloring pages, though, if you need to have a little activity to help you hold still. Um, There's leaves on your chairs, and we'll ask you to hold on to those until uh, later in the service. I'll let you know what we're going to do with those. Um, Sit back and enjoy, um, and be ready to be inspired and moved by an amazing experience as we share worship together this morning. And we're going to begin, uh, Jeremy Perkins is going to share us some opening words. Come, dear friends. Come into this hour of worship and togetherness. Come with eyes ready to see, a throat willing to sing, ears open to ear, a mind eager to know, a heart poised to feel. Enter fully into this hour of worship and togetherness and be blessed. For as long as we've been on this planet Earth, human beings have asked important questions. Some of them are easy to answer, like, why do birds fly south in the winter? Because it's too far to walk, of course. (laughs) Other questions aren't all that easy to answer. The world's religions have tried to answer these questions, each in their own way, usually by telling stories to explain where we come from, who we are, and where we're going. We are about to tell you one of those stories. Where do we come from? Who are we? Where are we going? Mystery, mystery. Life is a riddle and a mystery. Where do we come from? Who are we and where are we going? Mystery, mystery. Life is a riddle and a mystery. Where do we come from? What are we? Where are we going? Where do we come from? What are we? Where are we going? Where do we come from? What are we? Where are we going? 
We are about to travel to the workshop of a creator and hear the story about how we came to be, how we human beings got the ability to make choice and accept the consequences of those choices. You should know that in the service, you'll be asked not just to watch and listen, but also to contribute your feelings and thoughts to our story. Please be ready to jump in, to share, and to immerse yourself fully in worship. Let us open the door to our story by lighting our chalice. Would Lucy Cutler and Ella Marta please come up to light the chalice? With the kindling of this flame, we honor the mysteries and riddles that prompt us to ask questions. We give thanks for this community in which we can seek their answers. We open our hearts and minds to our great and many freedoms. We vow to use this freedom of choice to care for our earth and all beings on earth. Once upon a time, long, long ago, there was a creator who had a hobby of making planets. The creator took pride in making each one different. One day, she looked at a gap in the solar system and pondered it. I think I'll make a new planet to go right there. Let me think. How should I make this one? She sat and looked out into the vast reaches of swirling matter and thought long and hard about creating another new planet. She had a very large workshop in which she had rows and rows of shells with little jars and envelopes of things. To begin, she took a large glass jar down from the shelf and started adding ingredients to her planet. A pinch of this, a pinch of that. From the figure marked Clear Lakes, she slowly poured in more liquid, topping it off with a jar labeled Waterfalls. What are some of your favorite rivers and lakes and seas? Just shout them out. Lake Michigan. Lake Geneva. Lake Geneva. Niagara. Niagara. The Pacific Ocean. Pacific Ocean. Atlantic Ocean. Indian Ocean. Moscow River. Moscow River. The creator smiled and added mountains, forests, and jungles to her new planet. What mountains and forests are you grateful to have? Blue Ridge Mountains, Rock Kilimanjaro, Rocky Mountains, Mount Everest, Kalamazoo Nature Center, Mount Fuji. Mount Fuji. Then she added a dash of furry and feathered animals. Ooh. Lions and tigers and frogs and birds. Dogs and cats. Oh, cats. <laughs> then she decided to shake in a sample from amongst her boxes labeled human beings. Human beings? That's us! 
never going to fit into there, though. But before we hear the story of how human beings were put into the Creator's world, we need to pause. Let's take a moment to be grateful for each other here in this sanctuary. The Creator returned to her box labeled Human Beings. She combined people of all sizes and shapes and ages with many colors of skin and hair, many different kinds of noses, and many different interests and skills. All of it was so beautiful because each one was different. Over all the people, she sprinkled some powder called change so that people would change interests and skills. She sprinkled responsibility so that people would care for the earth and for each other. There. That will make this planet interesting. Glad I thought of doing this. She looked into the section of her closet called Emotions and Senses, and she wondered whether she should add a little or a lot. She started with love. And then she closed her eyes and reached in and took a handful of sadness, courage, loneliness, happiness, memory, and hope. She shook out smell, touch, taste, sight, and hearing. There was so much beauty for her human beings to see and hear and touch, but the smells and tastes were extra special. And the people loved some of these tastes and smells more than others. Finally, the creator was almost done. Oh, almost. And while she is pondering her creation, would everyone, if you're willing and able, please stand and join us in singing Daryl Boycott. Daryl Loacano's composition, Earth Day Every Day. This was written by Daryl. I love these segues, man. They're quite uh, clever. There was some thought involved. So some of you guys might remember this from way back in 2010, but if you don't, we'll, we'll get there. There we go.
We gather this, as we gather this morning's offering, I invite you to experience the gift of giving your money and of receiving a piece of chocolate as we pass the baskets around. <laughs>
Would everyone join us in reading our giving thanks for all that sustains us? From the countless gifts we each have been given, gifts of life and love and sustenance, we bring these small portions to share in the work of love, which none of us can accomplish alone. Well, there was one more ingredient that the Creator wanted to add. She moved jars around, looking for one special jar she remembered she had, but had never used before. She carefully lifted down a jar labeled Freedom. This time she had to read the label because she didn't remember exactly what was in the jar. This compound contains choice to choose one thing instead of another. Use cautiously because the choices made will have consequences. This will make it especially interesting. <laughs> Indeed it does. It sure does. I wonder what freedom will do for these new beings. She held open the jar in her hands, slowly turning it as she looked down into it. A soft chuckle rambled out of her <laughs> mouth and into the jar. A tear trickled down her cheek and into the jar also. She leaned over and blew in her warm breath, then poured the freedom into the mix. And then she screwed on the cover and put the jar away. Her new planet was ready to be sent into the star-speckled darkness. Her new planet landed just where she intended, about 93 million miles from her favorite sun. The creator watched her planet settle into its new home and waited to see what would happen. May all the beings that I've created live together in harmony and health, enjoying the beauty of the planet that surrounds them. May it be so. Blessed be. But some things didn't quite go as the Creator had planned, and this is why we are celebrating Earth Day, to remind us that with our free choice comes responsibility. As a species, we human beings have not always made the best decisions with our freedom of choice. Our modern society is built on meeting our short-term needs and wants, regardless of the long-term effects on our planet. As a result, our Earth and many of our fellow humans and animals on this planet are paying the price for our greed and short-sightedness. We take the tops off of mountains to get the coal out. We pollute the land and the waters with oil in attempt to meet our energy consumption levels. Last month there was an oil spill in Lake Michigan near Chicago, which hits pretty close to home. The aftermath of our overconsumption and our lifestyle choices wreak havoc 
with disposables all the way around the world with the garbage that we create. The raw materials used to make our products are removed from the earth. People are paid pennies to make them. And the remains of what we discard are piled all over the earth. We value convenience and cheap prices over durability and sustainability. There are enormous patches of garbage in the Pacific Ocean the size of Texas floating on the currents. Many animals suffer needlessly due to our carelessness. Easy access to oil and gas are a thing of the past, yet demand for energy remains high. So now we're fracking the earth to bring up natural gas and we're polluting our water in the process. The after effects of deforestation and fossil fuel emissions around the world are contributing to global warming, which is creating human-caused climate change that is transforming our world before our eyes. Extreme weather patterns, more frequent and intense storms are symptoms of this change, not to mention melting glaciers and rising sea levels. Government officials in the Maldives conducted business underwater to draw attention to the seriousness of the issue since their, as their island homes are being flooded. It's easy to get overwhelmed and feel despair due to the enormity of the problems today. But on the bright side, we do have free choice. We have the ability to make different choices so that we can lessen the negative impacts that we have on the environment. And we can bring healing to ourselves and to the earth. I feel it is imperative that we have hope for us to, that enough people are going to wake up before it's too late. We can make choices to live more sustainably on this planet. Our seventh UU principle states that we affirm and promote respect for the interdependent web of life of which we are a part. This value that many of us in this room hold is that we hold dear informs our actions and how we try to live in the world. These daily choices about how we live, our, our religious values, about how to be in right relations with ourselves, with each other, and with the earth. What we buy and what we throw away are religious decisions that we make in relationship with others. Because I receive my spiritual sustenance from nature, it feels even more imperative in my life to try to live as lightly as I can on this earth. I want an earth that has healthy habitats for all animal species. This includes clean beaches for us to enjoy each summer when our People's Church group goes on our camping trip to South Haven. I don't want to swim in an oil slick. It includes clean water for everybody to have access to and the whole world to be able to drink when they're thirsty. I want my grandchildren and their grandchildren to know the wonder and the joy of spending time in nature and the miracle and diversity that's found on this amazing planet of which we are a part. But in order for that to happen, we all need to remember and to be aware educated and active citizens. We are so fortunate that we live in a democracy 
But this democracy is only as effective as the informed people who are educated and involved and active participants. Contact your government representatives. Let them know your preferences on the issues that are important to you. If they don't know what we think, then they're going to continue to follow their own path, what isn't always in the best interest of the good of the whole, even though that is what we elect them to do. We need to pay attention to how much we buy and what we buy and what it's made out of and think about where it comes from and what we're going to do when we're done with it. Is it durable? Is it something I need? Is it something that can be fixed if it gets broken? Or is it just disposable? And we buy all these disposable products and they end up in garbage dumps everywhere, poisoning our water. We also need to be able to combat the pervasive messages from advertisers telling us that we need more and more and new and better and the latest and the greatest gadgets that exist, when perhaps our old one is just fine, even though it doesn't have the latest, greatest effects on it. And we need to better be able to differentiate our wants from our needs. The old adage of the three hours still has a lot of wisdom for us. If we reduce and not buy as much, and we reuse the stuff we have, and try to shop at secondhand stores and donate our old things that we don't use anymore and recycle everything we can, it makes a difference. It's important for us to be educated about what we can do, care enough to actually do it, and be willing to take action even though it is not the most easiest or most convenient option. Our future depends on it, and the future of many of the other species that share this planet with us. Now, all of us do some of this stuff, at least some of the time. And I think one of the gifts of Earth Day is that it reminds us that we all need to do more of this stuff more of the time. It's a daily choice, and sometimes life, the reality of life, is that we need convenience, or we're going to go crazy. I know that feeling, and it's something I grapple with all the time. But I grapple with it. I just don't always go for convenience. I try to figure out what I can do to keep my sanity and to still try to minimize my negative impact on the earth. We can do this. We are imbued with free choice. And with that free choice comes responsibility. How can we live on this planet so that we're in harmony with the earth and all the other creatures on here? And how can we use the responsibility that comes with that freedom wisely? We have more power than we give ourselves credit for. The power of how and where we spend our money, it makes a difference. We can choose to eat locally grown, organic, real food instead of the chemically laden food-like products that line our supermarket shelves. It's better for our health and it's better for the earth. We can choose to eat lower on the food chain more often. We can choose to drive less, bike more, buy less, recycle more. All of these choices we make every day make a big difference. Human beings have created this problem, and it's up to us to change things. Each one of us, one, one choice at a time, every single day, we have the ability to use our free choice to live in harmony and to live sustainably on our Mother Earth. 
We can choose to do this and to tell our neighbors and our families and our friends that it's actually a more life-affirming and rewarding way of living to live lightly on the earth and to live in harmony with each other and with all species on this planet. I know we got this. And hope is what keeps us moving forward. When we get too overwhelmed and we move into despair, it can lead to just like, I just need to go watch TV and not even think about this right now. Or maybe I'll just shop at the mall because that kind of numbs things out. But we can make some better choices that live more gently and more in harmony. Now last Sunday, I asked the children, what can you do? What are you willing to do to help in your life to live more lightly on this earth? What actions for earth are you willing to commit to this year? Last year we did this at our Earth Day service, and we wrote of them our actions for earth on ribbons that we hung out next to the labyrinth. And only in the last month did our, our rope broke that we tied between two trees. So they have been fluttering in the breeze all um, year long. And so now we need a new... Uh, we're going to create a tree and put it up on the wall and the earth. And the children have cut out hundreds of green paper leaves, which you will notice somewhere near your chair. And I asked the kids, what action are you willing to take to commit to the earth this year? And will you write it on your leaves? And we are going to decorate this tree on the wall with all of our leaves, with all of our actions that we're willing to commit to this year to remind us throughout the year, because in this society, it's easy to forget. So we are asking you to do the same today. So before you leave today, take a moment to locate your leaf on the edges of every aisle, our crayons, markers, if you have a dark green leaf, there's some white chalk that shows up on those. And just take a moment to think, what action are you willing to take in your life this year, just just pick one. You don't have to write them all down because they're not big, very big. So pick one thing and just jot it down. And if you want to write your name on it, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine too. And then the baskets where we took the chocolates from, we will fill them with leaves as we exit, and we will we will decorate the the wall with these. So why don't you just take a moment, right at this moment, to um, get a writing utensil, locate your leaf. Find a writing utensil from the aisle. You might need to ask your neighbor to pass one down. And write on your leaf. And if you need a few more moments to think, we're going to do some more singing and we have some more wonderful things planned. And so you can do that anytime between now and when you leave church today. I think that the, the hope of this story of the Creator's Workshop is the, is the, the message that we have for choice. And Earth Day reminds us that that gives us responsibility to live in peace and harmony. May it be so. And now I would like Daryl and uh, Bill to come up and join us in singing and lead us in singing Blue Boat Home. You are welcome to stand as you are willing and able.
We join with the earth and with each other to bring new life to the land, to restore the waters, to refresh the air. We join with the earth and with each other to renew the forest, to care for the plants, to protect the creature. We join with the earth and with each other to celebrate the seas, to rejoice in the sunlight, to sing the song of stars. We join with the earth and with each other 
to recreate the human community, to promote justice and peace, to remember our children. We join with the earth and with each other. We join together as many and diverse expressions of one living mystery for the healing of the earth and the renewal of all life. We join with the earth and with each other. My name is Spell Shattuck. I'm a representative from the Green Sanctuary Committee here at People's Church. We work to help People's Church fulfill its stated goal of being as green as possible. And to that end, we are working to achieve Green Sanctuary certification for our congregation. One of the projects we've undertaken this year in the category of sustainable living is to raise awareness about the issues related to the use of bottled water. For each 16-ounce bottle of water, four ounces of oil are required for its production. That would be the middle image there. So you have to take oil out of the grain and get out of the ground to put it into the bottle, and then of course you waste a whole lot of extra water in the processing process. Then that manufacturing and shipping contributes to greenhouse gas emissions. So in the process of getting that lovely pure water, we're contaminating the very world that produces that water. And of course, we have no recycling deposit on our water bottles, only on our sparkling beverages. So 70% of those bottles end up in landfills. And we don't even have the scientific knowledge yet to know exactly what happens as they decompose. We do know it takes at least 100 years before it really gets going. So the results of our current consumption of bottled water are going to be a legacy for our children and our grandchildren. My favorite is the companies like Coca-Cola take our tap water produced with our tax money as a public good and they put it in water bottles and sell it back to us at highly inflated rates. So something that we paid a fraction of a cent for comes back to us at more than a dollar a bottle. They give it a fancy name like Dasani. <laughs> So this year we worked with the children here at People's Church to develop a label that you can put on your reusable water bottle to celebrate that as members of People's Church, we make choices about how to live more sustainably. And the children then provided artwork and we selected the work of Gwen Marr, which was this image of the globe. Now we had to simplify a little because of cost issues. But the result is that we have this water label that talks about how our choices can help heal our planet, can help care for our planet, can make sure that our great-grandchildren are not living with those legacies of decomposing plastics in our landfills. And hopefully when other people look at your water bottle and say, oh, where'd you get the really cool label? You can talk about our values at People's Church and why we believe tap water is people's water. Thank you. The labels will be available in the foyer after the service today. Good morning. Uh, I'm Jeff Kirkwood. I'm here to talk about Peace in Nature Camp and skunks. So bear with me a little bit. Um, 
Back in the late 70s, when I was about 10 years old, I had the opportunity to go to my first overnight camp, which was Camp Barry, a Boy Scout camp. And um, uh, one night we were all hanging out in our camp uh, after dinner time, waiting for evening activity, which I don't remember what that was. And there was a big hubbubaloo, a big uproar in the camp. Oh my gosh, what's going on? Well, lo and behold, a skunk had decided to come wandering into the camp. So... Of course, this created a big panic, and everyone was yelling, and you can imagine a bunch of uh, 8- through 12-year-old boys were uh, uh, going a little crazy. So, But then the skunk really didn't do anything. It just kind of walked along through camp, and we all just kind of realized, oh, we're going to live through this, okay? <laughs> this is all right. So we just stopped and just watched the skunk for a while. And it just kind of waddled around and sniffed at all kinds of things and smelled things and we wondered what it was smelling. And then it headed for a tent. Okay? And now these are platform tents back in the day that are just, uh, you know, anything in the world can crawl up underneath these things. They sit on a big piece of wood. And it just so happened that this tent included um, one of our sleeping leaders in this tent. So there he went. He waddled right up there and he, he went inside the tent and that's what we all did. We, did. we all crept a little closer and we waited for the inevitable. We just, in a way, I think we couldn't wait. <laughs> this is going to be great, you know? And nothing happened. And we waited and nothing happened and we waited and nothing happened. And about, it seemed like an eternity, but it was about a minute later, he just waltzed out of the back of the tent and he waddled on his way and he waddled out of camp and. We just kind of all stood around looking at each other like, is that, that's not how it's supposed to happen, is it? They're supposed to hunt down people and spray them. That's what skunks do, right? Just like porcupines shoot quills at you. So that was our knowledge base at that time. And um, after we watched it away, I realized I learned a couple valuable lessons that day. And one of them was uh, just to take nature for what it is and not to impose upon it my fears and the values that I had. I don't know where I learned that skunks hunted down people and sprayed them because they, you know, uh, didn't, go to, didn't go to bed on time or didn't do their homework or whatever the case is. But that's what I thought. I can remember clearly thinking, like, oh, that, you know, skunk came because somebody did something wrong and they're in trouble and that's what's going to happen. But basically I just learned that day to kind of that was one of many experiences I had at camp as a boy that helped me to learn to set aside my fears and to set aside those kind of things and kind of be in that moment and just accept it for what it was. And what it was was a skunk going about its business doing its thing. And since that time, I'm happy to say I've been very close to skunks, within a couple feet of skunks, and watched them digging around and never once been sprayed by them. And, and that was, it was just a miracle to me at that age that that was possible. But the point of all this is, uh, because of the experiences that I had as a kid going to camps like that and those kind of things, it allowed me to just kind of accept that the wisdom and beauty that is in nature um, and the peace that comes from that and just kind of take that in. That's not something that we talked about with the other boys, but after a lifetime of those kind of experiences, that stuff all kind of filtered through me. And I realized, you know, when, this wasn't something that I learned in class, and it wasn't something that I specifically learned in any activity. It was just that experience of being there and seeing those kind of things. And that's helped me ever since to just accept the wisdom and beauty and peace that can be found in nature.
And so I can't guarantee that we'll see any skunks at Peace and Nature Camp, but um, I hope we do. And it's my hope that that's the kind of experience that we'll offer here at our Peace and Nature Camp, a safe environment for our kids um, to explore, to play, to observe nature, to immerse themselves in nature in fellowship with their peers. And this will be the sixth year that I've uh, done Peace and Nature Camp here in Maybe, Diane, I don't know, maybe the 10th year total that Peace in Nature Camp has happened. So uh, I just want to ask, if you've ever been to camp as a counselor, as a camper, as uh, a volunteer, any of that stuff, please just raise your hand if you've got anything to do with camp. Okay, so it just gives you an idea of what people's camp uh, has, or people's Peace in Nature Camp has to offer. All these people have helped. Um, it's a big community experience. We have junior counselors that help us as well. And many of you, some of you might be going, well, what is Peace and Nature Camp? He's talking about it. But it's a one-week day camp that we offer right here on the grounds of People's Church. Um, camp was originally slated for the week of June 16th, but Mother Nature threw us a little bit of a loop, and we still don't know if there's going to be school the week of June 16th. So camp has been postponed to one week later. So now camp is June 23rd to the 27th, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. And there'll be all kinds of information in the newsletter. There's information in the foyer out there. There's information on the website. I'll get all those dates updated out there. If you have any questions, I will also be here today. Registration begins today. Um, you can sign up for camp. It's limited to 30 campers. It's not a real big thing. It's a fairly intimate setting that we have here. Uh, so please sign up soon if that's something that you're interested in. And let's see. Oh, we forgot to wave this in front of you. This is what the registration form looks like in the flyer. And they're out there on the, on the table where there's a display board for camp. Also, if you'd like to volunteer for camp, there's a sign-up sheet out in the foyer as well. Please put your name and email address or a phone number, and we'll touch base and see how you can help us. And then I wanted to do two things here. I wanted to thank this community because um, last year we had over $800 of scholarship requests for kids to come to Kenya. And this community has been fantastic. Ever since I've been doing this, um, I've never had to turn anybody away from camp who's asked for a scholarship. And I just really want to thank all of you for that. Um, I anticipate this year that we might need even more than that amount to get everybody who wants to camp. And I encourage anybody who... Say, does not want to run around in the woods with us, um, that maybe you could help by contributing to our scholarship fund. And I think, other than that, if you have any questions, I'll be out there. We have a slideshow that I think can tell you more about camp than anything that I could say. And the music, once again, is by some Michigan singer-songwriters, um, Seth Bernard and May Irwin. So enjoy the show, and if there's anything, any questions, I'll be out there afterwards. <laughs> Thank you. 